Today's episode is brought to you by Small Biz Social Society. The Small Biz Social Society is a monthly membership that I created for ambitious entrepreneurs that want to amp up the social media and online marketing for their businesses. The membership includes a monthly live training with yours truly, a monthly guest expert appearance by online marketing and business professionals from across the globe, member spotlights, digital content, online courses, and a super supportive private Facebook community. You get all of this for $28 per month. That is a hell of a deal if I do say so myself. (laughs) If you're ready to increase social media visibility, engagement, and community, learn how to build and maintain a solid personal brand online, and get ongoing support from the best in the business, as well as a badass community of entrepreneurs, this is the membership for you. No commitment required. Head to smallbizsocialsociety.com to enroll today. And for a limited time, use code SBSS podcast to get $10 off your first month. That's smallbizsocialsociety.com and use code SBSS podcast to get $10 off your first month. I can't wait to see you in the social society. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 62. I am your host, Brittany Crossan. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you are here. If you have been here before and you're back, thank you for coming back. If you have never been here before, well, I like to say welcome to the party, get ready to learn some cool shit and uh, have some fun. So it's December 28th when this episode is coming out, which is crazy that that the year's almost over. It's almost over. If you've been waiting for it to be over, <laughs> your dreams are about to come true. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I, I do know it has been a tough uh, year for tons and tons and tons of people. And I'm sending you lots of love and hugs and support and hope, hope in, in not only a new year, but just in, um, in your life in general and have hope in yourself that you can make things better if things have been rough, uh, for you these days. So today's episode is really, really exciting for me. It's a little selfish because my guest that you're going to be hearing here in just a little bit is the one and only Steve Freeman, who is somebody I think is super cool. We have been Instagram buddies for a good while now, and um, he has the Steve Freeman podcast, which is a huge hit, and you definitely should listen to that. He is actually coming from a music background as a music producer and songwriter, um, a really, really impressive background when it comes to that, but the things he talks about in this episode are so good. It's it's like, I was joking with my husband, Ryan. I was like, it's like he's listening to our conversations. Like He was saying stuff. Um, that I was just like, yes, yes, I understand. Yes. I feel it. You know, when you're just really connected in a conversation. So it was a good conversation. He talks about social media. Um, he says he hates it by the way. Um, he talks about mistakes that people make things that people should be doing with social media. 
and also just generally entrepreneurship. And it was really, honestly, a very motivating and inspiring talk. I loved it. I know you guys are going to love it too. Um, first of all, I want to take care of a little bit of business here at the beginning of the episode right now before we get to that. First, I want to mention that the discount code that you hear at the beginning of each episode, you've been hearing that for a while for my monthly membership, Small Biz Social Society. There is a coupon code that's been given out for like two months or something, a while. It's over soon. <laughs> that coupon code is only good until the end of December 2020. So if you didn't catch it, rewind back to the beginning of the episode and grab that coupon code so that you can get a little discount whenever you enroll in Small Biz Social Society. I would love to see you in there. Speaking of Small Biz Social Society, um, We've got something really cool coming up. We always have cool stuff going on in there. And if you don't know what that is, uh, long story short, it's a monthly membership that I created that is for ambitious entrepreneurs that really want that training and support and help with social media and their um, their personal branding, their online branding, but you know, maybe have a very limited budget or just want to do it themselves, you know, and just want to learn how to do it yourself. And it's it's been a great community and it started this year and it's been awesome and it's just gonna keep growing. I know it is. So what we're doing coming up in the first, um, like, well, the first eight weeks, <laughs> I can't believe I just went blank on that because it's called the great first eight. The great first eight is something that I did a couple of years ago with the people on my email list. And I just wanted to have a way for everybody to kind of get together at the beginning of a year and get revved up and excited and do some cool shit, right? And actually do the stuff you say you want to do in the beginning of the year that we all know, <laughs> we all know about new year's resolutions and about how it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and uh, come February just kind of maybe doesn't happen. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to anybody. It's, it's, it, it sucks. And we don't want to let ourselves down. And the way that we can build up more, well, success, but also more confidence in ourselves is to do what we say we're going to do. So that's why I'm going to bring back the great first eight. It is for small biz social society members only. So you need to be in the membership to be able to access it for the first eight weeks of 2021. Um, each week we are just going to go through some specific things that are going to help everybody really kickstart the year. And it's eight weeks, not just four. We're not just doing just January. It's going to go all the way to the end of February because I feel like the more we can go ahead and accomplish in those first two months of the year and really get moving in the right direction, the better the rest of the year is going to be. Okay. A lot of people just are excited for the first few weeks and then it dies, right? I don't want that to happen to you. So definitely go to smallbizsocialsociety.com. Go ahead and get enrolled. Use that coupon code at the beginning of this episode if you'd like to. <laughs> don't miss out on the great first eight. It's going to um, really help propel your social media presence. You're going to start attracting more people to you that are, that are you know, good for you and your brand. They're good buyers for you potential customers and clients, you're going to grow. And we're also going to talk about enjoying the process more and creating content that you actually enjoy creating and make this a pleasurable experience instead of a miserable one. So, okay. I just want to make sure I mentioned that to you guys here at the beginning of the episode um, to get all that business out of the way. Um, and before we get to Steve, you know, I want to make sure I mention something because my talk with him was... Um, well, it was really, really great, but he, he brought up some really interesting points and he even talked about what he thinks the ingredients to success are. And I wanted to 
give you some insight into some experiences I've had um, in 2020. I basically just want to tell you why I think, because I have had success in 2020. It's been my best year yet for business. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people. And I know a lot of that is a complicated circumstance for a lot of people, you know, restaurant industry and so on and so forth. But I want to tell you why I believe I have been successful in my online business in 2020. The first reason why is that I was being authentic in my content this year. Now, it's not that I wasn't being authentic in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. Of course I was. I, I, that's the kind of person I am. But I'm talking about really just letting it out there, just leaving it all on the table, just be who I am, talk how I want, do it how I want on social media, and really, really just be more vulnerable and more, well, enthusiastic, honestly. And I did that. I did that in 2020 and it served me greatly. Also, another thing that led to my success in 2020 is doing what worked. So when something works, and this is something you're going to hear Steve talk about in just a little bit, when something works, then you should like do it again. <laughs> That's why they say rinse and repeat because you, you know, we all want to like reinvent the wheel. We want to be super innovative all the time and have all these new ideas and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes when something works, especially when it comes to social media, online marketing, then let it work. Rinse and repeat. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Should you improve? Should you throw in new things here? And of course, of course. But in general, when something works, don't stop till it doesn't work anymore right? And that's what I did. You'll notice that like, if you know me from TikTok, you know that at first you saw tons of videos of me dancing on a treadmill. That, that worked. It, it was fun for me and people enjoyed it. And it, it grew my brand. It grew my business. Boom, done. Keep doing it, right? It, it, just think about what does work on social media for you. And what does make people more interested in you and draws people to you and then hopefully gets them to buy from you. Think about what does work and just do that. You don't always have to be changing it up. Okay. And then the final thing I really think for 2020 that brought me um, success was that I was very, very open to opportunity and change. I was open. I was open-minded. My mind was open. My heart was open. I was very open to opportunity and change. And this is not always easy. And we don't even always realize that we're not doing it, right? We don't always know necessarily that, that we're being closed-minded. And that's, it's very hard. It's very hard to, to break those kinds of patterns, right, and be open. But especially in a year where there's struggle for businesses, for business owners, that is the time to be open to opportunity and change. Okay. So, and, and Steve gives an example when we talk in, in our interview here in a little bit about, about one of his clients, you know, that was in a business that was hit really hard by all the stuff with 2020 and social distancing and all these, you know, um, new rules and whatnot. And then this just had to be open to changing up the business and doing it a different way. And boom, he did well. Right. I've seen that with a lot of local restaurants around my area and they're probably in your area too. I mean, they just were like, well, we got to figure out a way to be able to still make money by making this delicious food and getting it to people, but they can't come and sit in here the way they used to. And so many people were so uh, smart about it and made those changes and were open to just doing it. I mean, there were restaurants, there was one restaurant around here that was like selling groceries, like the stuff that they probably buy for their supplies. 
they're like, you can also buy a jug of milk, right? You just, you do what you got to do. And it doesn't always look like it, like opportunity. It may seem like, oh crap, this is a problem. But when in reality, a lot of times that's what opportunity looks like. And that's why a lot of people miss out on it. And it's really, it's really not easy. Trust me. I did not catch on to this, uh, for many years. (laughs) It took a while, but when you finally realize that you, that there is opportunity everywhere, but you have to be flexible and you have to be open to it and willing to make the changes in order to go and grab that opportunity and run with it. So that's what I think for me, 2020, that's what I think those, all of those things have really contributed to me being successful in 2020 and really and truly growing my small business and my podcast and my membership. Everything that I'm doing right now has been growing in 2020. And I truly believe it's because of those three things. So I hope that helps you out. I hope that gets you revved up and pumped up and ready to go for your year um, in, in 2021. And look, hey, if you are a hater on, on New Year's resolutions and it's not really your thing and you think it's cheesy, I kind of think maybe Maybe now, now is the time to just go ahead and and and, and go with it. <laughs> just go ahead, and you don't have to necessarily make some sort of uh, you know cliche goal. But I do believe that if there is a year in which we should all um, maybe look as being somewhat of a fresh start, and um, we should have learned from the previous year. It's right now. Now is the time to do it. So anyway, you guys, that's it for that. Um, Again, I really hope to see you in Small Biz Social Society. Go to smallbizsocialsociety.com. The great first eight is coming. It is starting the beginning of 2021 for eight weeks. It's a special series. It's going to be really, really amazing. I want you to be a part of it. And coming up next is my conversation with Steve Freeman. So I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. That's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. I hope you love it. Today's guest is a hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, artist, developer, and podcast host. He has written hit songs topping the charts around the world, produced records for major and indie label artists, as well as hit TV shows like Nashville, The Vampire Diaries, and True Blood. His production team has created hits for artists like Keith Urban, John Mayer, Taylor Swift, Tim McGraw, Journey, Lionel Richie, Carrie Underwood, and Bon Jovi, to name a few. In 2019, he launched the Artist Development Academy, an online education platform for aspiring artists to get the information, access, and guidance they need to be successful in their careers. Ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to his show, The Steve Freeman Podcast, on every major podcast platform out there. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Steve Freeman. Bernice, thank you so much. I I listen to you read that, and I think, man, I'd like to be that guy. It, it does, it's, it's not nearly it's not nearly as fun being that guy as you make it sound <laughs> did i make it sound nice and fancy <laughs> you, made, you made it sound amazing you made it sound great 
Well, thanks I'm sure, for having me. I, thank you so much for being here. Um, I was going to tell you before we dive in a funny little story about my husband, Ryan, listening to your show because I, I, of course I, Steve and I met, I guess maybe on Instagram or something, the power so. of the power of social media. And so I listened to your show for a good while, of course, and love it. So everybody needs to go listen. But, um, so we were on the way back from like a family trip or something this summer, like a Texas road trip thing we did with the kids. And I turned on your podcast list, you know, in a long road trip and my husband, Ryan liked it. And he almost like started liking it more than me. So like the next week, <laughs> the next week he's like, have you listened to Steve's new episode? I was like, uh, nope, not yet, Ryan. <laughs> and every week, nice. oh yeah, it, it's so it's so cute and so good. He loves it. He really does. We both do. So, um, well, thank you. you're welcome. But yeah, thank you for being here. I value your time. I really do appreciate you. I would love before we dive into some like the topic, if you would just tell everybody, uh, just in your own words, about you. How did you get into what you do in the music world? What's what's that all about? Well, I mean, you know, it was, it was always something that, uh, that I was, I was passionate about and, and it, and it almost really bred out of being told no. Um, I, my, my earliest days, I remember I had have an, an uncle who was the perpetual trying to make it guy. And I mean, he's 70 something years old and he's still trying to make it. Oh. Um, and, and, uh, but I, you know, some of my earliest earliest memories music wise were of him, you know, playing and singing. And it was like, it, I just always gravitated towards that. And then I was real growing up, I was very active in our church. And when you're that active in the church environment, it's like, you want to be in the church band, you know, yeah. and, and you learn like now later in life, you know, you look back and you go, man, that was very freaking political you know and it was like no you can't do that you can't be in the band you're, you know you're not good enough and it's like this is church jesus loves all of us right <laughs> well um so you know and i and i just I, I, writing songs is something that i had always wanted to do um i don't know that i'd ever really thought about doing it professionally i wanted to be in the radio business and and i did that and i did it for for many years at a very high level and in all honesty, I, I was sitting at a radio station. I, I was doing a morning show at a radio station. It was a syndicated show. And I told my wife that the day that I wake up and this isn't fun anymore and I don't want to do this anymore, then I'm not going to do it. We were 2,500 miles away from anybody that we knew. And, and I said, I, I literally woke up one morning and, and I said, I don't want to go to work today. And she's like, all right. you know. And, and for me... By that time, I had been in the business long enough to realize that it, it, it wasn't the guy speaking into the microphone that made the money. It was the songs you're playing on the radio. Those guys make all the money. And, you know, and I realized I had, I had aspirations. I had goals. I, I wanted a, a different life than what I knew, even at that playing that game at the highest level, what it was going to afford me and down the road a potential family. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a record label. And so I, I, we, we left and we, we moved around three or four times trying to get this thing exactly where, where I felt like I needed to be. Finally, we landed where I should have been five years earlier, which is here in Nashville. And uh, I, feel, I feel very fortunate. I, I don't believe what I've accomplished would be possible anymore if somebody starting out today. Um, it was very different 15 years ago. Uh, than it is now. And, 
you know, being owning an independent record label, I, I learned that whole side of things. You're not going to get your artists on the radio because corporate radio, whether it's, you know, I, they'll forever be clear channel to me, but iHeartRadio, CBS, all these people, they have corporate mandates. Their program directors are not allowed to play independent artists. It, it's not that your song's not good enough or you're not, they do not play independent artists. Uh, but in the process, because it's very difficult to find people to work with you at that level, you start writing your own songs, signing your own artists and starting your own publishing company. And, and I ended up selling the record label off. Um, but I really found that I enjoyed going back to my roots and that is writing songs and producing records. And, you know, I was fortunate to have some hits as a songwriter and those artists that would hear those songs and choose to cut them, you know, the, a lot of the publishing companies and record labels would be like, man, who produced that demo? You know, because I, I, I never, I always believe in anything and everything I do. I don't sell an idea. I, I go and I create a tangible product and then that's what I give. I don't believe in lookbooks. I don't believe in any of the, I believe, because I, I, for me, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor in other businesses. You can't, it's impossible for you to sell me an idea. It's impossible. Show me, execute it. Then come to me and show me how wonderful this physical thing is. So when I would go into the studio and I would, I would cut my own demos, I cut them like major, major label artists cut their records. I, I, it wasn't an acoustic demo or a you know, piano vocal or, I mean, I fully produced them using the same guys that played on Keith Urban's records. And, and so that when I was pitching something to Keith, I wanted the, the record label, but also him, when he eventually heard it, I wanted it to sound like something he would do where he could go, all, all that's missing on this is my voice. It sounds like me. It feels like me. Let's go. And so I started getting a lot of, you know, there would be, yeah, we're, we want to cut this on, but could we use some of your tracks? And for me, I'm, I was thinking, sure, why not? Well, at the time, I didn't realize I was missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars by just basically <laughs> producing the track for them and letting them have the tracks, you know, because me, I'm thinking, oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And, uh, you know, that kept happening and happening. And then I had more artists come to me and go, hey, we want our music to sound like this artist or we want, you know, this, this. And, th and, and that's where it really started to take off for me. Um, sadly which is about my podcast episode that I'm, I'm doing today is, is, is about passion. And, and, and the first time that I got a really big check, I lost the passion for it because it, it was, it's no longer, I, I realized very quickly that passion is dangerous. It, it is extremely dangerous because it will lead us to start but even more detrimental than that, continue to do things and go in wrong directions. Uh, and, and for me, I just found out the first time I got a really big check, I'm like, I have kids at this point. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not about something because I love to do it anymore. Now it's about paying your kids school tuition. It's about paying the mortgage. It's about paying car payments. And look, I did, I did the same thing other people do. I, I, I was very stupid. I mean, at one point I had nine, 10, 11 cars and, you know, I, I, I went, I mean, I went out and did very irresponsible things, but it was a great lesson for me because it also showed me, okay, great. You've had one hit and it paid a lot of money. Well, now you got to have another one just to keep up with it. And then you got to have another one to keep up with that. And I, and it, and it killed the passion for me. And, and it, matter of fact, that was, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. And I still to this day don't have a passion for it. 
Um, it, it is, over the last two years, I've kind of transitioned out of that's what I do for a living. Um, I, I was successful enough at it that it's, it's parlayed and led into other things. But I don't care if I ever write another song. I don't care if I ever produce another record. It just, to me, it became a job. And it's no different. And I, I talk about it a lot of times on my show. And people don't get it. But to me, it's no different. If I had to go in there and write a song today, it's no different than the guy suiting up and going changing oil at Valvoline. It doesn't, it's the same thing to me. And I have no interest in changing oil for a living. Um, It's the same thing to me. Um, So that's when I really started branching out and going, you know what, the the tools of building an artist career or a songwriter career or anything in the entertainment business, it's no different different than growing any other business. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take what I've learned over these 25 years and I'm going to apply them to other businesses and see if I can get those concepts to work. Because here's the thing, if you can get something to be successful in the entertainment industry and specifically in the music business, you can get anything to be successful. (laughs) It's the hardest thing on the face of the planet. Um, And then the business started changing. So I I felt like I I got into the business in the twilight years of, of what, the majesty of it and, and what was really good about it. But I also started transitioning and getting out of it right before it all went to shit. And <laughs> which is where it is now. I, I wouldn't, I thank God that neither one of my kids want to be in the business uh, because there is no business. There, there is no music business anymore. It's, I, okay. I would, I love that you talk about that kind of thing for, I just have to mention that you talk, you, you guys, if you haven't listened to Steve's show, you have to, it's, it doesn't even, if you're not a musician, if you're not a singer, it doesn't matter. It's so cool how upfront you are about it and how honest and real you are about it. Like, because I, I have a feeling I'm not in the music industry, um, but I have a feeling that many people are not. <laughs> well, it's, it, that's one of the things I found is very strange. I have more, more people. I have like 10,000 real estate agents. That, that listen to my show every week. And, and they asked me to come speak at their events and conferences and stuff <laughs> because they've taken the things that I talk about and they, and they apply it. And look, I, I don't like talking bad about anybody, but they're, they're, there are a lot of Gary V's out there. And it's not that I have anything against Gary V. I, I love what he does about trying to spread positivity. But what I don't like is the message getting, look, if you had... I'll put it out there like this. Gary was successful under a certain set of circumstances that will never exist again. Google will never be a young company again where you can buy ads for three cents and be successful and get, it, get your ROI on it. Never again. There will never be another Apple. So there will never be another Uber that you can invest in early. And, and, and my problem with that is they put out a lot of content. They put out a lot of stuff but it's unachievable. Yeah, if you're Gary Vee and you've got a staff of 3,000 people, you too can do it. Right. If you've got endless amounts of income where that's all you have to do, then you too can do it. Right. I, I don't like people that put out and say that this is obtainable, but yet it's, if, you, if you're not living under those exact same conditions, the outcome's not going to be the same. And what happens is people end up having larger expectations than their checkbook balance. And, and, and it's impossible to grow that way. You, you'll never grow that way. And so when I, when I decided I was going to do the show, it's like, 
I'm going to be honest. And I don't care if people don't like the way that I have to say it or the way that I say it, but it's true. And the sooner that you accept that and realize that you are probably fighting, a walking and climbing a mountain that you'll never reach the top of. Because when you do just, and I've said this not long ago, what I found in my own career is, is I was going up the mountain. I could see the peak and the top of the mountain. What I didn't realize is that when I got to the peak of that mountain, it just revealed the peak of another mountain right past it. So there is no end destination. If you can't learn to, to grow in process and be in process of it, you, you are perpetually and forever in perpetuity in process. Yes. There is no achievement. Because when you achieve, when I achieved, I, I remember thinking back and I, I, I literally put definitions on what I thought making it was. <laughs> and I achieved every single one of them plus a thousand percent and it wasn't enough. That, what I realized by the time I had matured, I had gotten older, by the time I got the things that I thought I always wanted and, and that called it achievement, I wanted something different then. You know, it, it, at, at 22, 23, it was about the big house and it was about the cars and it was about the money and all that. Well, it, when I turned 40 and you've got two teenagers, now it's all of a sudden different. And, and now I want something different and none of that stuff really, really matters anymore. You know, how many cars can you drive in a day? You know, and, and it, you look around, you look at it with a different mature. So even for myself, I don't feel like I've made it. And, and I've accomplished some things, but I don't feel like that I ha I'm not ready to say I made it and hang my hat. Because every time I, I achieve something, I set a different goal. And I, and I want something different. So I'll right. never reach the destination ever. Right. I love that you said that. And I've, I found that to be, or I started finding that to be true recently. Um, I may have actually heard you talk about this. I think I heard you talk about this before on your show, but um, but I had an interesting situation referring to the process of it and truly being happy in that and enjoying that the best you can rather than just an end result. Um, in 2020, I had, long story short, I've had a bunch of interesting things happen on social media um, thanks to a, a different, all, all different kinds of things. Anyway, the long story short is that that I, had, I was talking to somebody, I guess it was a friend, somebody that wasn't real social media savvy. And they were asking me, so tell me like, what's going through it? What's, what's up with you? Like, are you, what are you still wanting to do? Are you still wanting to do this and, and trying to dig deep? And, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, get, get out there in front of millions of people and impact people and spread good things to millions and millions and millions of people basically. And she's like, well, you, you, you did that this year. Cause I had a viral video and it was the sweetest thing. And I thought, you know what? You're right. Like we should, we should have that moment. Like you're saying and enjoy that process. It doesn't have to mean Taylor Swift. It doesn't have to mean no. those things. It means what, you know, it means whatever it means, but it was just such a beautiful moment with somebody that was a total outsider that wasn't wrapped up in the world I'm wrapped up in that said, well, check you did it girl. And I thought, golly, you know what? We should, more, we should really think that way more. It's really kind of similar to what you're talking about. I think it's, it's beautiful um, to truly appreciate it as it's happening. Like you're living it. You're living a good life right now. You know? Well, Hey, trust me. My, my wife tells me all the time. She goes, when are you going to enjoy the life you're living? <laughs> you know, you keep talking about the life you're trying to build. And she goes, what about the one that you wake up in every day? And, wow. you know, and it, and it's so true, but, but, 
the, 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 one of the biggest keys to success that, that I think I have ever found is if you can't learn to enjoy the small victories, you're going to waste the rest of your life yeah. because life is small victory after small victory after small victory. It, it, yeah. it is not all in, in, in my business, you know, it's not all award shows. It's, it's not all million dollar checks it, the way, the way that it's perceived. And, and that's kind of, that's my whole issue with social media it, is that I, number one, I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate social media. Um, but, but, it, it is necessity and we have to be present because nobody's out there selling ourselves. We have to, we have to sell us. Nobody's right. going to do it for us. And, you know, it's, I just, I keep going back to the fact that we all set these expectations and, and, and social media from a perception standpoint, I, I tell artists all the time, I, in, in the people that I deal with, and this is no bullshit, I, I know for a fact that almost every artist that I've ever worked with would rather have the perception of fame than the reality of success. And I was telling somebody not long ago, I, I run into this, this situation five times a month at least, where I will write with or be working with an artist who has a top 10 record on Billboard at any given moment, but he can't pay his rent. He can't pay his truck payment. And then I'll work with an artist that nobody's ever heard of that makes mid six figures every year off their business, off their music business. And it's, it's, it's all about how we perceive things. And, and I try with the people that I work with, even in my own, my own brand, my own businesses, perception is a big thing because that's what brings people in. Right. That's how social media works. They see something, they want something, they covet something, they want to be like this, they want to wear that, they want to look like that. So that then influences our everyday actions to try to achieve. The problem is, is that most of the time, if you really knew the truth, these people that are out there on social media setting your goals for you, that perception is so far away from their reality that it's not even funny. And we end up doing the same thing. We end, up, we end up putting a goal out there or, or, or setting something that we want to try to achieve that's based on a perception, and we end up spending all of our time focusing on the perception and building the hype, the hype, the this, the that. It's what, and, but if you really scratch below the surface, it's not real. And, and, and the real is what we pay our bills with. The real is how we live every day. Right. But the problem is most of us, it's the, it's the worst, most intoxicating thing in the world, perception, is we are the guilty ones of buying into it. We start the process off thinking I'm going to use social media and I'm going to do all this as a loss leader to bring people into my thing, to my brand, my this. The, the detrimental part of that whole part is we end up being the ones that drink the Kool-Aid the most. And then we become our persona. We become the perception of who we are and it's not real. And we lose the authenticity. We lose everything about what's real because we're trying to play into the perception. We're trying to compete with this person over here or that person over there. And I, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time doing it. And, and I honestly, I came to a point one day where I realized that the perception that I had built up, I didn't even like that person. And maybe a lot of other people did, but I didn't. 
And, and I didn't like the comeback. I was reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's book. Um, I was actually listening to it. But well, you have of, to listen to oh, that. Yeah, oh, you have to. That's <laughs> what I told my wife. So you can't read it. You have to listen to it. But he talks about going on these, these walkabouts every now, you know, every so often. He just gets off with himself and he goes, it takes him about 12 days to get to the point where he realizes he doesn't, he doesn't like his co- the company he's keeping very much. And that's where the change has to come from. And, you know, it, it's, for me, it, it's, it's a constant struggle for keeping things authentic. And that's, the why I, that's why I think people gravitate towards my show because I, there are a lot of times my show, I, 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 my show comes out on Mondays and Fridays. There have been probably more times than not that that show doesn't get recorded till Monday morning or Friday morning. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I, I feel like if I prepare too much, then it's the perception. Then I'm not really giving people what's, what's on my mind. And, you know, my kind of brand is, is, is telling people what they don't want to hear. I, I, I'm, I'm not the blow sunshine up your ass guy that you can do this. No, you can't actually. You can't. And when you, when you accept that, when you go, you know what? Our, it's our own expectations that are, that are our killers in our brands, in our businesses, everything. We set these expectations out there that are impossible for us to realize. And I just, for me, I know that when I started backing off my expectations, that's when things really started becoming clear to me. And and like you and I were talking about, about community, for me, you know, three years ago, I realized, look, I don't need a large fan base. Um, I, I, not that I don't want one. I, I mean, I've been, I cannot, it still blows, but I would not listen to me. So that's, <laughs> that's the weird thing. I can't believe, you know, that half a million people a month listen to my podcast because I wouldn't. I, I would think I was an asshole. And I wouldn't listen to me. People um, like that shit, Steve. <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess they do, you know. And and it's, you know, for me, it's it's now become a thing about building a community, not a large community, not not playing the numbers game. And and the more I don't do it that way, the more the numbers grow, which is odd. The the less I care about it, the more it grows. Right. And you know, for me, I think for any out there that, that's, that's wanting to grow a brand, wanting to grow a business, it's all about community. I, I mean, it is, it, it is so tieable and relatable to income and sales that it's not, even, it's not even funny, but most people are doing it wrong. Most people are using social media wrong. It, it, and, and I get it because it used to be this way. Social media used to be the, this way. It used to be about getting, playing the numbers game right. and let's get it in front of a million people. And if, if, you know, 20% of those people see it, then that, you know, okay, we're doing, that is the wrong way. It, it, it is, get it in front of a thousand people. Because it is, it is impossible when we're running, like with our clients, I have to go through this constantly. But when we, when we run Facebook ads for our clients, they're like, oh, we need to get that target audience bigger. And I'm like, no, I want to get that target audience as small as humanly possible. Right. You know, well, then they don't understand it. They don't get it. You know, it, it, it's, it's the same thing as would you rather fish in the ocean or fish in a bucket that's full of fish? You know, it, it's about building that community 
of people. I, t- I tell people it's like a funnel. I mean, that's what you want to do is build a funnel. Yeah, you want to bring people into the top, but you don't care about those people. The only people you care about are the ones that drip out the bottom. Right. And if you're doing a good job, you've put filters into your funnel so that as you bring people in and they're going through those filters, that it, it is you're only getting out at the bottom the people that are really want to be and dedicated to your community. Like I bet every month I delete a thousand people off of my email list every month. Really? If, if they're not active in my community, they're gone because <laughs> they, they mean nothing to me. They mean, look, I, I tell in artist development, I tell, a fa- I describe a fan as okay. somebody who describe, who financially supports the artist in one way or another. Yeah. They either, buy the record, they buy a concert ticket, they buy a piece of merch. If, if you're not doing any of that, I don't care about you. You're adding nothing to the exchange. And so I've, I've gotten to the point where I would rather dwindle my community down to a thousand people that will do anything I want them to do. Right. And, and, and it's a, it's a, it's because, you know, a like on Facebook, a follow on Instagram mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. If you can't monetize that audience, then the audience doesn't matter. And you can't monetize everybody. When we live today with social media, Facebook, Instagram, even the people that have liked your page, follow you on Instagram, they shove out that to maybe three to 5% of the people who follow you. Right. That's it. And if you want to go beyond that, you've got to boost the post. And then it's only really getting to about 10 to 15%. Right. So, my whole method now in, in knowing that is that I create my content targeted towards that three to 5%, not the hundred percent and hoping that I get something from it. My, my messaging is, is very targeted now towards realizing that it's not getting out there. It's not doing evergreen, organic. There's no such thing as organic. It's just not. It's over. It's gone. It's done. It was an awesome thing when it existed before all of these platforms became pay to play. That's why TikTok is doing so well right now. Although TikTok just started ads. Right. So, (laughs) you know, now that's going to become uh, pay to play. That's very evident with, you know, the new terms of service on Instagram where they don't want your, your username to be the same as your URL, you know, and it's like that's targeted straight towards businesses. They want... They don't want you having somebody to leave the platform. That's what that boils down to. They want, right. if there's going to be an exchange, they want that to go through them instead of coming off the platform. Yeah. So all you, as you're out there, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you've got to think about this and, and, and go, okay, how do I though continue to monetize my brand and grow my brand within those parameters or start figuring out very quickly how to take your community off of that platform and not be reliant upon that platform to drive your community forward. And that's where it's, that's about where it's come to right now. And, and there's going to be a lot, I think there's going to be a lot more changes because Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, which I hate Twitter. Um, (laughs) I can't stand it. Um, All of them, the last thing in the world they want you to do is use their platform to make you money. Right. It's the last thing in the world they want. 
Um, they want that to come through them and they want that to be regulated by them. So I, I'm on this thing with all of our clients now. It, it is a hundred from very large businesses to very small single entrepreneur, one operator businesses. It is a hundred percent about community building. That, that is that we are focused 100% on community building. Yes, using social media to try to recruit that and get those people, use those as the top of your funnel. Right. But that's not where the communication is going to take place. That's not where the interaction is going to take place. It's going to have, you're going to have to take your community offline, so to speak. And yeah. that's where, you know, the next two or three years anyway, I believe that's the way things are going to go, which is weird because it's almost like we're going back to where it was 20 years ago. And, you know, you're using social media as an advertisement to get them to do something else. Right. But you've got to create, you cannot rely on Instagram. You cannot rely on Facebook to keep the relationship with your community strong and keep it going. Um, right. It's just, it's just not going to happen. You know, and for us, I did an episode last week. I don't know when you're going to air this one, but maybe last week, week before, but I did one. We, I sat down and looked at all the analytics from 2020 and I looked at where we spent money on my businesses, but also our clients, where we spent money on the different platforms and what had the biggest return. Not growth, but return. Growth without return is nothing. It's, it's you know, it's like dreams without goals are just dreams. And, right. and it, it blew me away that the platform that I actually alienated and, and did not do what I should have done provided the greatest return. And, that changed, it, it literally, I did this last week and it changed our entire philosophy for 2021. And because for us, it's all about return. I, I don't care that 5 million people saw this. I care about the 500 people that acted. Right. That's it. That's all I care about. I don't care about the other 4,995,000. I, I just don't. Right. Um, because they don't bring anything to the table. And if they don't meet my criteria for a fan, which means financially supporting the brand, then you're nobody. I don't need you there. I don't need you looking at my posts. I don't need you reading them. I don't need you liking them. I don't need any of that. What I need you to do is do what I'm asking you to do. And, and if, you, if, if they don't do that, go somewhere else, like somebody else's posts. You are, you are yet again saying right now what so many people want to say <laughs> and don't. You know, I mean, so many people out there hustling on social media and really, truly doing a pretty good job, trying hard, putting forth that effort, um, have a pretty good business. And that's exactly what they want to say. Like, if you're not buying my shit, why are you hanging out with me? Like, you can't sit at my table. <laughs> no, I, and, and I got to the point, not only my email list, but I bet I, bet I delete... I've gone from 40-something thousand followers on Instagram to 23-something, and that's because I've deleted them. Yeah. I, I, I just, the, it, it, the, the numbers thing is just not what it used to be. Again, that's a whole perception thing. Right. You know, that, that is, it, it is purely, we think the more followers we have, then that's going to be impressive to somebody else, which will eventually lead to, to money coming in. And sometimes it will, but I will tell you, I, I work with our, our company. We work with several very well-known celebrities. And it's so funny with, with all of this social media influencer bullshit that 
a lot of, it depends on what the company's really going for. If they're looking for impressions, then yes, it'll work, but I don't believe in impression selling. Um, I, I, I just, I don't. Um, but we've had several situations where we've had big companies come to our celebrities and go, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to do this for um, the new LG nano cell TV. And you know, we, that we do, we produce all the content and do all that. And then the, the funny thing of it is, is the celebrity never actually deals with the client, right? We're the ones dealing with the client. Right. So, and we never tell the celebrity this, but they'll pay $30,000 for this actor that we represent to do this thing for this LG TV uh, and run it for a month. And then LG comes back and goes, well, you know, we got, you know, I don't know, you know, 5 million impressions or whatever, and, and 313 people swiped up to check it out and nobody bought it. So if, if you're trying, that, that's the, and this is people at the top of the game, you know, <laughs> the, only pe- the only person really making money is the celebrity and, and they don't really care. They, they don't really care if anybody buys the TV or not, but LG really cares. Right. And, and so what they're doing now is just going out and they're trying to find what matches up with what and, and getting those impressions out there. But even the large influencers with the big numbers, the companies that are paying for this are not necessarily seeing a return on that investment. And a lot of it is branding because we've had these conversations with the, with the client side before and they're like, look, it's worth the 30 grand just to have our name associated with that celebrity. It's, it's almost like a low profile endorsement, if you will. Right. You know, so when you've, got, when you've got both ends of the spectrum playing the game wrong and nobody's really focused on the ROI of it, and it, 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 makes, it, it makes it very convoluted, but it also makes it very clear how you even as an as a entrepreneur – can game the system and reverse engineer the system and, and realize that if, if one of the most well-known celebrities on the planet can't get people to do it, you know, how, do, how does that work for you? You know, you, those expectations, you shouldn't be setting those expectations, you know, for, for you. Right. The, 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 the best person that does this, which is, is, is odd, but Mark Wahlberg's a genius at this. And, and I've worked with his team and, and I'm good friends with his business partner. And to, to, to see how they roll out some of their different businesses and some of their different brands and how they use social media um, is actually very brilliant. And they don't use, well, I mean, they use Mark, but they don't really use influencers to launch their brands. They, they do uh, very, they, they have a criteria to where they don't even start advertising these brands until they hit a certain dollar amount of organic sales. And it's like, I'm wearing one of their hoodies right now. Municipal It's my favorite hoodie I've ever had. Totally unpaid endorsement there. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, it, to them, they are community building. They are using Mark's community right. to build brands and businesses. Now he's Mark Wahlberg and he's got, you know, millions of people in his community, but even at that, less than 10% of them are engaged. But when, when those 10% engage, it builds a very powerful and strong brand, which right. keeps them from having to do advertising. And, and it's, it's 
it's really brilliant how they do it. And, and I, I've kind of gone through their strategy with them before. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty brilliant. But the thing of it is, you don't have to be Mark Wahlberg to, to implement that sort of strategy. You know, what, what you've got to do is focus on building your community. There's a, there's a thing in the music business, and I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's, it's the theory of a thousand true fans. And what that is, is that if you can get, a, you don't need a million fans. All you need is a thousand people, a thousand fans. And if each one of those thousand fans over the course of a year spends $100 on your brand, you've got a six-figure business. Yep. That is not hard to do. And see, I think a lot of people, and I did this, I did this forever. It's, I was like, okay, I, I want to be a millionaire. How do I become a millionaire? I, I, you got to think big and you got to do all this. And then I realized it's, it's a lot easier to make a million dollars, $10,000 at a time yes. than it is $100,000 at a time or $500,000 at a time because those don't come along often enough. Right. And most of the time, most entrepreneurs, when it does happen, they've dug a hole so deep that that $100,000 payday barely gets them back to where they were and where they were evenly. So when you think about community, you don't have to think that it doesn't have to be large, but it has to be committed. And it's, you know, we've got some clients that, I mean, they, they are right around 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, but their average sale to their fans is $400, $500 a year. As long as you're providing value, right. that's the thing. You've got to be providing value. And right. that's on you. That, that is your responsibility is, look, there's, there's a thousand people out there slinging online courses on how to do this and how to do that. And they're all over YouTube and my system and this system. And, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's in, I, and I've got into social media wars with several of them because I think it's all bullshit. I think it's, it's a hundred, forget their system. At the end of the day, what it always comes down to is value and people will purchase value. And the, the space that you and I are in is very tricky at times because my wife has said several times and it's like, she said, I don't, you don't realize the, the, the persuasion that you have over people. She's like, you seriously have probably 300 people right now that if you said, go jump off of a bridge, <laughs> they would think there was some, they needed to do it and they yeah. would go do it. And and, and that's a very dangerous place. It's a very good place to be. And you have to know where to steer these people. But, you know, it's, that's what it's about. And I get frustrated when I look around and I see other people in this space and, and what they're doing. Because most of the time what I find, and this is frustrating, and I would imagine people that listen, watch your show, get frustrated by this as well. When I, because I, I, I like to do investigative journalism. So when I see this guy selling this thing or selling his course or his program or his this, I go find out. And 99% of the time, the people that are doing that did not have their success by doing what they're showing you. They had success in something else. And they're jumping on this life coaching, social media marketing guru thing. And we're going to show you how to grow. And we're going to show you how to do all this. Well, they didn't get there by that. And, and I have no respect and I, and I certainly have no, I don't hold any validity for anybody that is charging other people to teach them how to do something that they 
themselves haven't done. Yeah. And in my, in the music business, it's horrible. I have one guy that I get into it with regularly and it's, it's all about, you know, how to, how to produce records and how to write hit songs. And I'm like, okay, you've never produced a platinum selling record and you've never written a hit song. So how in the world can you be charging people for a program showing them how to accomplish something that you've never accomplished? Right. And you know, that's, that's, that for me is my, it's almost my personal struggle and battle now that I, I, I have, I want to take these people down. Like <laughs> I, I want to, I want to take them down in a, in a very public way, but you know, you're very passionate about that. Well, you're right. Sadly, it's out there a whole lot. Um, and I want to back up though to something that you said about, <clears throat> you know, breaking it down to be simpler. Like if you're like, okay, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars and I make a million dollars and you do this, this many times and it equals up to that. I mean, the universe is connecting all this right now. I was literally having this conversation with my husband three days ago and we've had it multiple times, but we just had a recent one where I was talking about some business goals of my own. And I was like, look, it's, it's like, we don't, I don't want to overcomplicate it the way a lot of people do. It's like, I know this kind of a client averages paying me about this much. I know this kind is about an average of this. So I need, I only need like 20 of those and 10 of those and this many of those boom done. You know, right. and it's, and, and it's, it's so true, but I, you're right. You get, it gets very, it's not easy being an entrepreneur, I guess, you know, it's not for everyone. That's for sure. And you do, you get caught up, not just social media, just everything. And it gets very, um, uh, foggy. We call it, uh, you have fuzzy targets, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and it's, it's so true. If you want to, if you can, if you can sell a thing for a thousand dollars, well, how come maybe you couldn't sell a hundred of those? exactly it's it's totally true i'm so glad you said that and that helps people because a lot of people listening to this show are going to be you know on the smaller side maybe they have nobody helping them and they're doing all of it themselves or maybe one person helping them and and you get bogged down by all the crap and sometimes you just need somebody to shake you by the shoulders and say doesn't have to be like that you know well no it doesn't have to be that way And, and i had i had a meeting with a client the other day and I, I loved it. It was like, I, I was trying to set them up to ask me this question so that I could make this statement. And, and I framed it correctly. And they, and they said, well, do you, you know, if we do this, 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 and this, I mean, you know, do you think we can hit the target? And, and my thing was, well, there's no question we're going to hit the target because I'm going to be shooting it at point blank range. You know, that's, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that if you, if you really have a fundamental understanding of what you're trying to do and you can have realistic expectations. There is no need for you to set yourself up 50 yards from the target, a hundred yards from the target, set yourself up three feet from the target where it's impossible for you to miss it. But, but most of us don't want to do that because we believe that the further that we, the further away the target is that we can hit it, that that's somehow an accomplishment that well, I hit the, sh- I hit it from 500 yards. Well, it's like, why would you even do that? I, okay, great. Watch this. Boom. I'll walk right up to it and shoot it dead in the bullseye point blank. I don't, again, I think it all goes back to expectations and, and even, even talking about the, the financial side of it there, there, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you from personal experience, there is nothing just about practically besides buying an Island that you can do with $10 million that you can't do with one. 
right? <laughs> right. Because if you, I, I can tell you this too, when you get 10, you get to one really quickly. <laughs> yeah. When you have one, people, people tend to hold on to it a little bit more. And, and same thing goes with, I've got some very, some very, 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 very wealthy clients and friends and, and, and they do not live the lavish, the smart ones do not live as lavishly as what people think that they do. And it, it's, it's for every entrepreneur, every, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I never, and to this day, I still don't want a large company. Um, I don't, it's yeah. just not, I know what I want. I know what I need. I know what the lifestyle that I want to live is. I, I know what my wife wants. I know what my kids want. And, and to me, as, as long as those bases are covered, it's kind of like Moneyball. If you've ever seen Moneyball, if you, if you, and if you haven't seen Moneyball or it's been a while, go back yeah. and watch Moneyball and relate it to your business instead of baseball and it will change i did it this the other day and it will completely change your outlook on your business completely i'm gonna do that i don't think i've seen it oh it, it's unbelievable it's it's basically about the oakland a's team uh back in the 90s it may have been early 2000s i don't remember um but they had the mm -hmm. lowest payroll in the entire major league baseball and, you know, they got, they would kept going to the playoffs, but they'd get beaten by the Yankees and like their payroll. I don't remember the specific numbers, but like the Oakland A's payroll would be 34 million and the Yankees was 180 million. So that's who you're competing against, right? Well, these guys came up with a completely different system, right? And it's like, look, it's not about hiring these superstars. It's not about paying, you're not going to buy victories. What it's about is base hits. And when you watch this movie, it, it becomes so clear that, that most entrepreneurs, most business owners, we step up to the plate wanting to hit a home run every single time. Hit it out of the park. Score runs. When we score, we win. When we score more. But the, the, the easiest way to score is to get on base. Yeah. Just get to first. Then get to second. Get to third. The bases are loaded. Guess what? You hit another base hit, you're driving somebody home. And if we can ever just focus on realizing that the key to growing our businesses is hitting base hits, it's not hitting home runs. Because if you try that, you're going to strike out a thousand times more than just getting on base. And, and once you get on base four times, you score. And, right. and it, if you can think about your business and that, look, don't, we had every year with our clients and, and myself, we, we sit down with these you know, the, 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 what are our goals? What are our 2021 goals? You know, and I immediately have, they're too big. That's a home run. It, that's an impossible, that's an expectation that is impossible for me to hit. I can't hit it. I can't hit it for you. Now let's back up and let's look at something that's actually achievable. Let's look at something that is possible instead of pie in the sky, trying to figure this thing out. And that's what I, I'm trying to do now with, with our clients, with me, is, is focus on getting base hits. Right. I, I, I don't have to score with this at bat. I just yeah. need to get on base. And, and it, it simplifies things for you, um, which in, in, in building a business, the simpler you can make something, the absolute better. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it just, it works that way. And, and most of the time, we end up taking on too much. And, and we're, we're trying to accomplish too much. We take on too much. And, and there's no way in the world we can, we can grow that way.
That, my friend, was just part one. That is right. You're in for a treat. Part two of my chat with Steve Freeman is coming up in next week's episode. Don't miss it. I appreciate you being here. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production, funlovemedia.com. Bye.